Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I started to realize that not being an expert isn't a liability, it's a real gift. If we don't know something about ourselves at this point in our life, it's probably because it's uncomfortable to know. If you can die before you die, then you can really live. There's a wisdom at death's door. I thought I was insane. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do because there was no internet. I don't know, man. I'm like, I feel like everything is hard. Hey, y'all. My name is Kat. I'm a human first and a licensed therapist second. And right now, I'm inviting you into conversations that I hope encourage you to become more curious and less judgmental about yourself, others, and the world around you. Welcome to You Need Therapy. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new Monday episode of You Need Therapy podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host. And quick reminder before we get into the episode today that although this is called You Need Therapy and I am a licensed therapist, this podcast does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for any actual mental health services. But we also always hope that it helps in some way, somehow on whatever journey you are on. Now, today is going to be a fun episode because we're actually talking about something called the fun scale. Some of you guys might know what that is. I'm not sure if I've ever talked about it on here. It's actually something that I used to reference a lot, but then I stopped referencing it and the information kind of emptied from my brain and I kind of forgot about it as things tend to do. But it came up in a session this week and I thought to myself, hey, I used to reference this a lot and talk about it a lot. 
and that must have been because it was useful. So maybe this might be something that you guys would want to hear about. And again, maybe some of you guys already know what this is, but for those of you that don't, I'm about to give you a little fun piece of information or pieces of information. And I've been trying to figure out where I learned about this first because I thought it was from my coworker when I was an adventure therapist. But now I also don't know if it was taught to me by a guy that I dated a while ago who was very outdoorsy. And I can't remember because this is actually something that is used generally with outdoor activities. It's in that, I don't know what to call that, like obviously I'm not an outdoorsy girl, that like whole world out there, like outdoorsman adventure community. But the types of fun are often referenced there when they talk about the different things that they do, like climbing and hiking and camping and all of those crazy things that go into being an outdoor human. (laughs) I don't know. What What is that called? Maybe there's not a name for it. Anywho, I say we just get into it. So let's start with what is the fun scale? So the fun scale is a scale of fun that that goes from one to two to three that identifies and helps classify different types of fun or different types of activities. It's really simple. There are three types and you'll see the pattern as I talk about each one and you'll see that, you know, fun isn't always just in quotes fun. Stress and challenge can oftentimes be a part of that. And I think that is something that is very valuable to talk about because a lot of times when we think about fun, we literally just think about one type of fun. And we're going to talk about three. One of the reasons, like I said, I find this so helpful with talking with clients that I work with and just in my own life is it widens our view of fun, it widens our view of enjoyment, and it widens our view of pleasure. And I think that I did a Couch Talks episode a while ago talking about pleasure and taking pleasure seriously, and it was inspired by a post from The Angry Therapist. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram, but he put that up a while ago, and then I talked about it on here, but he actually just recently reposted it, which is kind of timely and interesting. But I want to just read a little part of that post just to refresh us from, from what he said back then. And he wrote, pleasure doesn't just fall into our laps. We must seek it, create it, and lean backwards into it with our eyes closed and our arms folded like it's a trust test. Because it is. And if you fail, your relationship with your life will be on thin ice. Your world will be small, your shoulders hunched, knuckles white. There is more to life than building your empire. There is more to life than finding love. There is more to life than raising children. There is more to life than finding a purpose. A complete life also means to experience pleasure. And I read this, that was the end of it, but I I read this to remind us all that experiencing fun and pleasure are essential to having a full life. And part of this podcast is created to help people access the tools and the ideas and the things that they need to live the fullest lives they can because we all know we just get one of them and we all deserve to have the most full life that we can have and the interesting thing about fun and pleasure is there's so much guilt that comes with purposely doing things for the fun of it you know you get the I should be doing this or I could be doing that and all those ideas come into play and it just feels like is it even worth it if I have to then feel like I should be doing something differently or I don't deserve this or I didn't work hard enough for this. And this episode is a just I just want it to be a wonderful, good, healthy reminder that one of the most common regrets of the dying, 
we learned this. I've learned this through the podcast and I've through conversations on the podcast and and continuing to share this information with y'all over and over because I think it's so valuable. But when when looking at the most common regrets of the dying, two of the most popular ones were and have been, I wish I didn't work so much and I wish I would have let myself be more happy. We think of things like pleasure and fun as privileges, which they are to an extent. This isn't a black and white conversation, but pleasure and fun also don't have to involve what you initially think about. These lavish vacations, expensive dinners, concerts that cost a bajillion dollars. That's not just fun and that's not just pleasure. And it it kind of like bleeds into that self-care conversation of like self-care only involves these lavish things like massages and facials and trips and this. And that's not true. I want to widen our idea of what fun is, what pleasure is, and what we can get out of both of those things. Because the truth is we really get to weave fun into our stories. This is not always a privilege. It's a right as a human. Now, again, the other part of this conversation is how fun can look different. And it's not that simple, which (laughs) fun sounds really simple, right? Sometimes fun isn't really fun at all. And I'm sure you've said before, I don't understand how that could be fun for someone. Or, man, we have different ideas of fun if that's fun for you. I've said that before. I've thought that. I've heard that um, when talking to someone. And there are a couple of reasons for that. One, because we're wired different, just like we like different foods, we might like different activities. The other is you may be thinking about one type of fun when somebody else is thinking about another type of fun and they're different and they all get to be fun. So let's dive into the three types. So type one, type one fun is more enjoyable fun when it's happening. Like it's simply just fun. Type one fun applies to activities that you just generally enjoy when you're experiencing them in the moment. This could be eating at your favorite restaurant, having margaritas on a patio with your friends, game night with your friends or family, laying out by a pool. Think of anything that sounds fun just in the moment, like you want to be in that moment. These are oftentimes leisure activities or activities that don't take too much physical strain or mental toughness. They have a lot to do with preferences too. So going back to what I said right before we got into the types, you might love watching a movie on a Friday night while somebody else might be like, that's so boring. I want to go take a painting class or I want to go to this trivia night at this restaurant. Also think about like vacations. Your favorite vacation might be an all-inclusive resort in Mexico and your friends might be skiing in Colorado. And you know what? There's no way that I want to go skiing in Colorado if I'm going on a vacation. I will go to Colorado, but that's not my idea of fun. But take me to an all-inclusive resort in Mexico. Leave me there for a month. So different strokes for different folks, you know? So that's type one. It's just very simple. There's not like a ton to be said. It just is fun for the sake of the activity. Now, let's move on to type two. Type two fun is when a task is difficult at the time, but feels rewarding afterwards. Often this is because it challenges you to test your limits and it produces growth in you that you appreciate. And I'm not sure how much I would grow by drinking a margarita by the pool. You know, that's why that's type one fun. It's fun for the sake of being fun. Type two fun includes things that are more challenging and may not be as pleasant at the time. They become pleasant and they become gratifying when you are reminiscing on them and thinking back on them and looking at what you gain from them. 
This would include things like a workout class. Maybe it didn't feel pleasurable when you were going, when you were at that class, but when it was over, it was really fun to see progress you made or to see the commitment you made to yourself. I mean, think about if you start going to a workout class and you can't do one pull up and then a couple months later you end up doing three in a row without a break. That is type two fun. It's this, you get this gratifying feeling of, wow, I'm so proud of myself. I'm glad I did that. And that can be applied to a range of physical measures that doesn't just have to be with pull-ups, you know? It could also be like an art project that's extensive and tedious. And I know for me, I like creative things. Like I like doing, I remember when I was planning my friend's bachelorette party back, it was in October. It was actually so fun. I was very proud of myself because I'm not a planner. I don't enjoy planning things. I don't enjoy being in charge of an extravagant situation like that, but I like being in the experience. So it was fun for me to create that experience. And I did all of these like artsy projects. The theme was, my friend's name is Kyra. So the theme was Camp Kyra. We did it in Asheville. We got this cabin and I made all of these, I made this huge backdrop with all these different like felt cutouts and I did this big like pendant sign to hang from the house that said, welcome to Camp Kyra. And I didn't enjoy the experience of making that for the sake of making it because I I just don't like those tedious kinds of tasks. But it was fun for me to look back and see what I did and see the dedication and see how you know, somebody being important to me can encourage me to do something that I don't love doing all the time. And then I actually love doing it because I was doing it for that person. And then it was also really fun to look at what it gave us, like putting it all together, like this individual pendant that I made wasn't the fun, but it was putting all this stuff together and seeing the final product. So that's a long way of saying it could be like an art project that is really extensive and tedious. And maybe you filling in all of the little dots and the da 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 isn't the fun part. But when you look back at what you did and the dedication you had, that was fun. It can be a problem solving situation too. And it makes me think of escape games. For some people, that's type one fun. For me, that's type two fun. I don't want to be in this escape game. I want it to be figured out. We actually got one of those. It's not like a murder mystery party. It was like a detective game. We got, um, Patrick and I got one from his sister for Christmas and we had our friends over and did it. And it was so tedious. There are so many details. And there are some people that came over that were like in it to win it and they loved it and did all this stuff. And I was the person who was on my phone looking up the answers. And then it was fun once I found the answer and once we got to the end of it. But I'm not somebody that likes to be in the nitty gritty. Some people like that. So for me, an escape game, type two fun. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today 
at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Type 2 fun is something that is sometimes miserable. When I ran my first full marathon, oh my gosh, when I ran my first full marathon, I immediately said to my friend that was there, do not ever, ever let me do that again. I had trained meticulously. I had this perfect, beautiful training board. I did all these runs. I did my rest days. I did all, I trained. I was so ready. However, the day that the race came, it just so happened that it was pouring rain the whole time. And my headphones stopped working because of the rain. Honestly, this memory is a little fuzzy. I don't know if they stopped working or I got scared that I was going to get electrocuted for using headphones while it was raining, which I don't know if that's something I should be afraid of, but I I, might have been. So I chucked my headphones and my phone to my sister when I saw her like in the first three miles. And so I ran for four hours without any music, without any sound except the voice in my head. I ran for four hours like that. And Near the end of the race, I could already feel my muscles getting tight. I was like sore before the race ended. And it felt like I was almost like running backwards or in slow motion at the end. 
And when I finished, it was in my head. I remember saying, do not ever let me do that again. But then a couple of days go by and you are sitting less with the physical pain and the challenge feels farther away and the feelings of accomplishment and excitement start to pump back in. So I look back at that and I think that was fun. And, you know, I did another one. <laughs> and it was that same idea. It didn't rain. It was a much more pleasurable experience. Also somewhere where the road was much more flat. However, right after it was done, I did not want to run another one. I wanted it to be over rather than, you know, when you're on the beach with your friends, you want that to keep going on, that type one fun. This, I want it to be over. But then I also, after I had those feelings of accomplishment and and challenge and seeing where my limits were and learning more about myself, it encouraged me to want to do something like that again. Another example of type two fun would be like hiking up a mountain that is not easy, but then you get to see this beautiful view. And the hike is strenuous and maybe not the most pleasurable experience, but the experience becomes pleasurable due to the hard work. And you learn about the power of working and experiencing something good and how effort becomes worth the effort because of that reward. And I say this and I harp on this, especially I harp on type two fun because so often people say like, oh, sorry, that's like not worth it. I'd never run a marathon. I'd never go to hike. That's okay. You don't have to do either of those things, but I don't want people to miss out on the goodness that type two fun brings just because the initial part doesn't sound exciting. There is power in working for a reward. And sometimes the reward you get from type two fun isn't even what you think you're going to get. There are so many benefits to this type of fun and having this type of fun and making sure you have this type of fun in your life. And some of those benefits would be Increase self-esteem, like to see what you can accomplish and to learn like what your limits are versus what you assume them to be is huge. The memories you get. I have so many good fond memories, not just of things like running a marathon, but memories of doing these hard things that have bonded me with people, bonded me with myself, bonded me with God. The memories are things that I cherish a lot of times more than being in that moment. Like I was saying with the type one, like you just want to be in that moment. But a lot of those type one fun experiences, some of them have great memories, but some of them, it's just me like, again, laying on the, at the pool by myself. That's fun, but I don't hold on to that memory as something sacred, usually. Other benefits to this type of fun. I kind of harped on this, but just the self-discovery. And this one is just so... I don't know. It means a lot to me because you never know if you can do something until you do it. You cannot know if you can do something until you do it. And the lessons that these experience, these experiences give you, they're just, I mean, what's the word for, I mean, infinite. There's so many and you never really know what you're going to get. You can get to know yourself so much better in these situations and you learn what I actually can do versus what I don't want to do or what I think I don't want to do. What's an, You can learn what's important to me. You learn about what's meaningful to you. And you experience feelings that you might have never felt before if you didn't give yourself the shot to feel those. The other thing that is so huge for type two fun is the resiliency that it brings. And in this type of fun, you have to walk out of your comfort zone and you get into this stretch zone. You're not in a panic zone here. You walk from your comfort to the stretch zone and you really get to learn more about what you are capable of. And I know for me, the live shows that I did with Amy the um, this past year, we did two of them, one in, I think it was November and then one in March. That might've been type one fun for Amy. 
that's what she does. She talks in front of people. She is a she is a host, a personality. That's what I think that she might thrive on that. I don't I need to ask her because I'm assuming this. But that was not type one fun for me. That was very much me walking straight out of my comfort zone. And looking back on those experiences to me is more satisfying than being in them. I'd rather see the accomplishment than like do it again, although I'm sure we're going to be doing them again. But I learned so much about my capabilities, my strengths, my feelings throughout that experience. And I know what I can handle. And one thing about resiliency that seems to be unknown to a lot of people or just not thought about is that the only way to build resiliency is to go through something where you have to be resilient. That's the only way to be resilient, to build resiliency, which we all need. It is a very helpful thing to have in your life. You have to go through challenge. And so when we think about having the most full life, that is going to have to include challenges and things that we don't expect and things that we always don't want to do because we have to be to actually build that threat defense system for our nervous system to be really strong it has to feel threat so then it learns how to work right has to be activated so if we want our nervous system to be resilient it has to be activated it has to learn it has to have experiences and so type two gives us a lot of opportunity to build that resilience without it pushing us too far into that panic zone that would be like hey fire fire like we got to get out of here now. You might think that sometimes, but type two fun doesn't, in my opinion, include a life or death situation. And then the last thing that, I mean, there's way more, but the last thing I'm going to say that type two fun really brings us is gratitude, which again is one of those things that it seems like it's said all the time, but it's such an important thing to hold on to and to cultivate in our lives. And not only do you build gratitude for your body and your mind and your spirit for keeping you and pushing you and cheering you through the toughness of the experience, you get to build gratitude for the ease of life as well. And knowing how hard something can be allows us to be more present in the even moments of life, the mundane moments of life that actually can be a lot of the goodness of our lives. The only way to truly have gratitude for our mountaintop moments is by knowing that the valleys exist and by experiencing the valley. And if running a marathon was, wasn't hard for me, I don't know that I would appreciate the accomplishment so much. And I also wouldn't appreciate my nice, short, leisurely runs as much these days either. So to wrap that whole section up, type two fun is really a type of fun that is so fun because of the growth that it creates for us and the opportunity for growth that it creates for us. And discomfort is a key ingredient for growth. And that is why that's a big part of this type of fun. But discomfort can still be fun. Let's move on to type three fun, the last type of fun. And I got to say, this is my least favorite type of fun. It's a fun that I do would never look forward to. And I don't really want to always have in my life, but I need it. It's actually not fun at all, which is kind of confusing in this whole conversation, but it's something that is not fun in the moment and you never want to do it again. The pleasurable part of this type of fun is getting to tell the story of it, which might sound weird, but we've actually all been here and we all have these types of fun. It's when we have those dreadful experiences that turn into the classic like dinner table story 
that leaves you and your friends like dying, laughing hysterically or like zoned in, waiting in awe of like the next thing that will happen. But you don't want this experience to happen again. And it can be something physical like you hiked, I don't know, the Appalachian Trail and you got caught in some kind of natural disaster and maybe you did have this life or death situation. Maybe you encountered a deadly animal or it can be something like the time you fell off the treadmill at the gym in front of a bunch of people, which I know those are like viral videos that are going around on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. But I say that because I have a friend who's notorious (laughs) for falling. And I think that she would probably choose to never fall in public again. But she has one story where she fell off of a treadmill at a workout class repeatedly. (laughs) It's like she fell and then she tried to get up and like just walk it off. But then she fell again. And it was just a whole thing. And I know that she doesn't want that to happen again. That would be kind of crazy for her to desire that. But it also has brought us some of the best moments of laughter. And we reminisce on that story over and over again. And Honestly, I wasn't even there. I just heard about it. The trainer actually came up to me the next day and was like, hey, is your friend okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, oh, you didn't hear? So it's just become this like famous story in our friend group. And so again, that's a example of, yeah, not something you really look forward to, but it's those things that you're glad that they happened. It can also be a grueling experience physically. Well, and I will say, those things that you're glad that they happened, not all the time you're like, yes, I'm glad that I fell off the treadmill, but there's something, there's some pleasure to be gained in being able to tell a story like that. And again, it can be a grueling experience physically or mentally, maybe a story about the time you broke a bone playing a sport. Like you don't want to break a bone, but maybe there's this crazy story that you get to tell the story or get this glory from this experience. Or it's something like, I don't know, you dropped your phone in the ocean while you're on an out of country vacation and then you are stranded without a phone and you have to do all this stuff to figure out how to contact and get a new one. And it's a great story, but we hope that never happens to us again. So those are the three types of fun. That is the fun scale. And I believe that to live fully, we need a nice mixture of these. Maybe not a balanced mixture, but a mixture. Maybe you have more type one, a little type two, and a pinch of type three in your life. That's okay. It doesn't have, I don't think it should be probably any, I don't think we need as many type threes as type ones, but I think a combination of these helps us create the best versions of ourselves along with giving us a chance to live the most full lives. And obviously I enjoy at a baseline and look forward to type one fun the most, but it's really type two fun that I have the fondest memories of. And I tend to appreciate more often than not. I think type one fun also allows me to have the energy and the mental capacity and the mental strength at times. It's kind of that regenerating fun that allows me to engage in more of the type two activities. Again, it's not about doing one of these more than the other. It's about engaging in all of them in order to allow ourselves to have the best experiences we can have in our lives. So when you think in your head, ugh, that sounds horrible. I'm not doing it. Or I can't understand how anyone would call that fun. I want you to take a second and wonder about what makes something fun. Sometimes it's the present moment of the experience, but sometimes it's what you get out of the experience that makes it so desirable. And we need to take that into consideration when we are saying yes and when we are saying no to opportunities in our lives. So I hope that you enjoyed this fun episode of You Need Therapy podcast. You can follow me at cat.defada on Instagram and at You Need Therapy podcast where you'll get all the podcast info. We actually will be much more active on there because I have 
recruited some help in the social media realm. So I hope you guys look forward to that and enjoy the new things that are coming. You can email me, Catherine at Uni Therapy Podcast, if you have any feedback or comments, or if you have questions that you want me to answer on Wednesday's episode, which are called Couch Talks, which are episodes that I answer questions that you guys send in to me, which you send in through that email. So you can send those whenever. I love getting them. And until Wednesday, I hope you guys have the fun day you need to have. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.